0: welcome to the mavericks and misfits podcast we're not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing slick church trends deceive us denominational traditions can blind us but truth from the heart of god always transforms us and now here's our host a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit jeff lyle
1: thanks for tuning in to mavericks and misfits again today I want to welcome you back especially anybody That is tuning in for the very first time. My name is Jeff Lyle. I get to serve as your host uh, for today's episode and just about every other episode. And um, I'm just grateful that you've chosen to tune in. You know, the last episode I did, I started broaching the subject of whether or not a truly born again uh, Christian, somebody that's genuinely converted, is it possible for those people to be included in the coming apostasy at the end of the age? Will Will there be any room whatsoever for someone who is truly born again, a believer in Jesus Christ, saved, forgiven, justified before God? Can that person fall away at the end of the age? And I submitted to you from 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 that no. The answer to that is no. But my one podcast is really not enough to cover this debated topic. And again, I would stress to you that I have a lot of good, good, godly friends who love Jesus and are zealous for the kingdom who disagree with my views on this. And that's fine. I would say politely that I disagree with them. And ultimately, we have to let scripture be the arbiter of any debatable issue and one that is so huge like this. uh, We can't afford to be casual with it. And so I mentioned in the last podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one. It's the one right before this one um, would have been from last week. Go back and listen to that. And um, then listen to this one. Um, If you can discipline yourself to put pause on this one, go back and listen to the first one, and then you'll be better suited for this one today. But I'm going to do a few of these, to be honest with you. I just really feel the Holy Spirit stirring me to lay down some biblical framework for this because, um, again, we are approaching the end of the age, and it's very important that we understand What do the scriptures say about the elements that pertain to the end of the age? And this one concerning um, who might fall away and who will fall away and who can't fall away, that's important, that's not a small thing. Jesus Christ died so that we might have eternal life. He died that we might glorify him in this life and glorify him for all of eternity. And if there's any potential hazard of losing that by a genuinely born again Christian, well, that's a subject that warrants some discussion. And so that's what I'm doing, and I want to do it again in today's episode. I'm going to mention a lot of scriptures, but you don't necessarily have to have your Bible open um, for this one. If you're driving, you can get plenty just by listening. And if you do have your Bible open, I'm going to mention several scriptures. Again, I've written a position paper on this topic. Um, and you are able to get all of those notes in PDF form if you'll just email me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com jeff at maverickmisfit.com notice that singular and not plural it's maverickmisfit.com and so email me there and I will be happy to send you a notes but you know Again, today, I'm just answering the question, can a true believer apostatize or apostatize? Can can a true believer renounce Christ and therefore forfeit uh, their salvation? And I will tell you at the beginning, my position biblically is no, that it is a spiritual impossibility for a truly born again uh, Christian to apostatize and to come to the place where they renounce Jesus. And I'm going to make a case for that, not only in today's episode and the previous episode, but in a couple of episodes to come. Many of you are not familiar with the term apostasy. I don't want to take it for granted that everybody knows what apostasy is. And so um, let me just go ahead and define it for you. It's, it's a defiance. It's a rebellion. It's a renunciation of an established system or authority that's the general definition a defiance a rebellion against or a renunciation of an established system or authority Um, for us it would indicate an abandonment or a breach of faith and there's two primary modes of apostasy that are connected to Christianity Um, the, the one is this the rejection of foundationally true doctrines of the Bible and it's always almost always connected to an affirmation of some other heretical teaching that typically claimed to be a new revelation or the real Christian doctrine. And this this form of apostasy exists within the professing church, and yet this type of apostasy still holds claims to being Christian. So in other words, they reject, you've heard about the deconstruction of faith. Well, that's just a form of apostasy. They deconstruct the doctrines that are foundational to Christianity, and then they repackage it and define it, and they say, this is what a Christian really is. I've learned, God has shown me, this is what I've been taught, and um, I'm now believing in this version of Christianity, which is not a biblical version. But they still want to hold on to being able to say, "I'm, I'm, I'm still a Christian, and so that's one form of apostasy. The second form is more intense. It's the complete renunciation of the Christian faith, specifically as it pertains to Jesus Christ himself. And this type of apostasy results in a full abandonment of Jesus Christ. Um, this form of apostasy separates from the visible professing church. The first form redefines Christianity and still claims to be Christian. The second form would just um, renounce Christ altogether and be completely separate from the visible professing church. Um, I would submit to you that for a truly born-again Christian, neither of these is possible. It's absolutely impossible for a truly born-again believer to apostatize, and that's the point of this podcast. I'm going to do more than just declare it. I'm going to substantiate it with scripture uh, during these episodes, but let's let's just get real because it's It's very clear, it's undeniable that in the history of Christianity, um, that history reveals people who once enthusiastically made a verbal commitment to Jesus Christ. And those same people affirmed the foundationally true doctrines of Christianity. Those same people worshiped and they served at various capacities. They appeared to be sincere in all their beliefs. These people were genuine, at least on the surface, they appeared to be genuine in their commitments. And sometimes even sacrificial in how they served God. Yet then these same people at some later point abandoned the faith by either rejecting their previously held beliefs um, and redefining them as something else, or they just outright renounced Jesus Christ, his deity, his saving sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection, or his lordship over their lives. So let's just get real. I want to come into agreement, especially if you disagree with my conclusion. I just want to say here's some things we all agree on, that there are clear historical patterns of those who once seemed to hold to Christ who later abandoned the faith. Now, the question I'm addressing is, were they saved people who lost their salvation when they apostatized? Or were they unsaved people who only seemingly were Christians? That's really the issue. And so whoever those people are that I just described and whatever their reasons were for abandoning the faith or renouncing Jesus, it's clear in scripture that those types of people have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. They're cut off from hope. They have no hope in Christ. I mean, quite frankly, they're damned and they will not enter eternity at peace with God. They will be fully, finally, and forever judged in the lake of fire. So anybody who at the end of their life has renounced Christ and says, no matter what I said in the past, I no longer believe that. Those are not people that are going to inherit the kingdom of God. They are damned people. The people, the question that we're asking about these people is, did they ever have that eternal life to begin with and lost it when they renounced it? Or did the fact that they renounce it prove that they never had it? Because that's really the essential question. Did those who renounce the faith and commit apostasy forfeit what was once a genuine justification or salvation from God? Or did those who renounce the faith and commit apostasy prove by their doing so that they had never really been truly born again justified by God in the first place? L- let, me, let me ask it a different way. Is continuance in the faith a cause of genuine salvation or is continuance in the faith the effect of genuine salvation? Because scripture teaches that all those who enter heaven are the same people who faithfully endure in allegiance to Jesus Christ until the end of their lives. So does this necessary endurance of the believer determine their final salvation or does this necessary endurance prove that their salvation was genuine to begin with? Guys, this is where the debate rests. And so it brings us to this place where we've got to acknowledge there's a, there's a scriptural dilemma here. W- what is it? Well, there's only one answer to the issue of whether or not a truly saved person can abandon the faith and forfeit their justification. It's, it's a yes or no issue for every single Christian who has ever lived, excuse me, who has ever lived there. There's no sliding scale. There's no grading on a curve. There's no, well, for this one, it was true for this one. It's not. No, it's a yes or no question. Can a truly justified, born again, saved, redeemed person, can they abandon the faith and forfeit their justification? Um, Either, either we cannot lose our salvation or we can. As with all important doctrines, scripture alone has to be our source for determining this answer. It can't be denominational. It can't be what you feel. It can't be what your pastor or leader or mentor or discipler taught you. You have to be a Berean Christian. The Bereans were those that searched the scriptures for themselves to find out what was true. Because if a true Christian can apostatize, and consequently forfeit genuine salvation, if that's true, here's the scriptural dilemma. Large portions of scripture must be explained as they seem to present the exact opposite teaching. So if, if a Christian, truly saved person, can actually forfeit their salvation by renouncing Christ, then we have massive passages of scripture that have to be explained because they present the exact opposite teaching. But if a true Christian can never apostatize and consequently forfeit genuine salvation, then there are a much smaller number of passages in the scripture that must be explained. And those seem to indicate that a Christian can lose their salvation. So either way, there is some need, no matter where you fall on the issue, there's some need for studying the Bible because the Bible has to give the answer and the Bible can't contradict itself. And so we have to say, what does the bulk of scripture say? What is the clearest teaching of scripture? And then we take what is unclear and submit it to that which is clear. And we look to find clarity on that which lacks clarity. You following me? That's just a Typical, hermeneutical approach. Forgive me if this is overly theological, but there's probably a large number of you that are listening to this because you want a theological answer and you're not satisfied with, well, my pastor told me so, or Jeff said so, or whoever said so. You know, this is important. And when, when preachers and teachers are just throwing out statements and saying, oh, yeah, be careful till the end of the age, because if you don't endure, you're going you're gonna to believe the Antichrist and you're going to forfeit your salvation— Well, time out. Somebody blow a whistle and say, can you give me some Bible on that? Could you please give me some Bible on that? Because that's not like a small thing. And before I believe, you know, a doctrine, especially one as massive as this, I want to know what the Bible says. So if a person is just giving you their conclusions, but is not backing it up with a in-depth study of scripture, then that person may not be as solid in their beliefs as you think. And these studies are going to help you ask the questions maybe that those teachers aren't asking. And so, you know, the purpose of this podcast is for me, I'm giving you the position that a truly born again, saved, chosen, justified and forgiven Christian can never lose their salvation. And listen, within my position, there's the affirmation that anyone who renounces the faith will not enter eternity with God, but will clearly be damned forever my position, which I'm basing on the scriptures, is that anyone who commits apostasy gives evidence that they were never truly converted. They were never justified. They were never born again. They were never forgiven. I mean, they were never saved in the first place. And how did, how did I reach this conclusion? Well, in studying scripture, there's a basic interpretive principle that we must submit to. And let me give you this. This is how your mind has to approach the scriptures. That which is less clear in scripture must be interpreted by that which is more clear throughout the scripture. So what does the overall narrative of scripture reveal, let's say, about covenant? What does the overall scripture reveal about God's faithfulness? What does the overall scripture reveal about Jesus' sacrifice, the new nature of, that is given to all of those who are truly in Christ. What does the scripture say about the manifold promises of God to keep those whom he chooses, to guard that which he has purchased, and to finish all that he begins? So in order to believe that someone can forfeit salvation, we've got to submit all of those biblical realities that I just mentioned to the small number of Bible passages that are, by the way, particularly found in one book of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 6, in chapter 10. We've got to take those small numbers of Bible passages that seem to indicate that a true believer can a, can renounce the faith and commit apostasy. You have to you would have to submit all of the clear passages everywhere else in the New Testament. You would have to submit all of those to the unclear passage in Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10. And so, you know, again, a, a basic principle of Bible study and interpretation is that we submit what is unclear to that which is very clear. In order to understand properly, in other words, we can't allow the whole of the teaching of Scripture to fall apart under the weight of a small number of verses which seem to counter what is taught elsewhere in Scripture. Does that make sense? Um, In this episode, let me just be real clear I'm not covering chapters 6 and 10 of Hebrews. That's an entirely separate study that we'll have to do on its own. I'm just kind of laying the groundwork, this podcast and the one before. And ultimately, these podcasts are going to kind of place the burden of proof on anyone, any of you who might believe that true salvation can be lost because there there's going to I'm going to by what I teach, I'm going to elevate the tension between these two opposing sides on this issue. I'm just going to offer you abundance of scriptural content that should result in giving caution to anybody who believes or who teaches that a truly saved person can commit apostasy. So I don't, I don't plan on being the final word on the matter, but I do want to at least be a bright yellow caution light that it flashes in our faces calling us to truly consider the massive implications of how we treat God's word on this highly debated topic. So let me give you just a couple of introductory thoughts because I'm personally convinced that the reason why people believe that true Christians can apostatize, or apostatize, can commit apostasy, um, I think it's primarily because we don't understand the doctrine of justification. We don't really understand salvation. And because we don't fully hold firm to what the Bible teaches about being justified, being saved, redeemed, chosen, forgiven, born again, because we don't fully stay connected to what the Bible says on that, we reach, i might say we, I'm talking about people that believe you can lose it. You, you reach the false conclusion that you can, you can lose what you never earned. So let me give you some thoughts. So, w- you know, what does the Bible teach? Well, the Bible teaches that we're chosen before the foundation of the world. We're chosen in Christ by God the Father to be saved before the foundation of the world. Listen to this from Ephesians chapter 1. Speaking of God, it says he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us with in the beloved. So it was God's will. It was God's choosing. It was God's determination that we should be holy and blameless before him in love and all this occurred before we were born. Now that is again getting into the doctrine of election and predestination, but just forget all those doctrines and just say what is the scripture saying cuz Paul was writing it as if it wasn't controversial. He's saying, "Yeah, we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world by God, and we were chosen that we would be holy and blameless before him, and he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons." By the way, Revelation 13:8 so at the end of the book it says and all who dwell on the earth will worship everyone talking about, it's talking about worshiping the antichrist all who dwell on earth will worship it the beast all who dwell on earth will worship worship it everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain so again the names of those who are in the book of life were written in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. And those who worship the Antichrist at the end of the age are those whose names weren't written. Uh, Revelation seventeen eight uh John is told here the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction and the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come so in other words I'm just making the point here that when it comes to salvation um Guys, it's not an issue of you just woke up one day and decided to be a Christian, or it's just a natural process. Um, You're choosing Christ as a result of you being chosen in Christ. You don't have to be comfortable with that. That's just what the Bible teaches. By the way, do you remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 13 and verse 22, talking about the end of the age and the deception that was going to hit the planet at the end of the age? He says, for false christ and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray if it were possible the elect do you get that the elect it is impossible to lead them astray according to jesus now guys i don't know what you do with that if you reach the conclusion that the elect can be deceived and fall away at the end of the age when jesus said it's not it's not possible for the elect to believe the lies of the false Christ and the false prophets and the false signs and wonders and be led astray. Um, Additionally, Paul declares that at the moment we believed in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit sealed us and he sealed us, quote, unto the day of redemption, Ephesians 430. So we are sealed by the Holy Spirit from the moment we believe unto the day of redemption. not to get too technical, but this word sealed is a legal, binding, securing term. It's a, it's a term in the Greek that means it's a legal term. We are legally sealed in Jesus Christ until the day of redemption. Not until the day that we commit the sin that's presumably we lose our salvation, or not even until the day where we renounce Christ. That's, it's not possible the sealing from the holy spirit actually secures the c- true christian from apostasy uh, again that verse from ephesians four thirty says don't grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption um i'm keeping an eye on the clock a little bit here because i don't want to get caught in the middle of a big point let i just preached this a couple of weeks ago at the church at winder let me um let me maybe wrap up with this today, and then we're going we're gonna to come back. So if I've got your curiosity piqued, and by the way, feel free to email me and let me know where I'm getting it wrong. Um, if you believe I'm getting it wrong, just bring Bible. Don't, don't send me, you know, your feelings. Give me Bible. I'm not sending you my feelings. I'm giving you a Bible. But Jesus' parable of the wheat and tares in Matthew 13, Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30, it makes it plain that at the end of the age, there's going to be counterfeit Christians in the visible church all the way until the end of the age. They're in the world and they're in the church. Matthew 7 um, supplements that, that at the end of the age, at the judgment, there's going to be people that were in the church that prophesied, that preached, that did many wonderful works, that cast out demons, and Jesus is going to say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. I mean, that's, that's intense. So the idea that everybody in the church that says they're a Christian, Jesus clearly says, no, there's going to be many at the end of the age that said they were Christians and I never knew them. And that phrase, I didn't know you, means there was never salvific knowledge. There was never the intimate connection that Jesus makes with all of those that are truly his. And that wheat and the tares, that listen, if by application the true believers are represented by the wheat and false believers are represented by the tares, and by the way, the enemy intentionally planted the tares, excuse me, the tares of the weeds, he intentionally planted them among the wheat. And so these false believers are going to look like true believers in that they'll affirm the same doctrines, experience the emotional energy and worship services, they'll seemingly serve God with their time and their money and their effort. They'll be baptized. And by the way, many are going to have leadership roles in churches, and that's evidenced in Matthew 7. But in essence, they're going to be almost entirely indistinguishable from true believers. Yet, (laughs) this is stunning, in the end, they're going to be exposed as false believers, not believers that were true and lost it, but they were false. Why? Jesus says, I never knew you. Not I knew you and then forgot you, or not that I knew you and then rejected you because you rejected me. Jesus describes the destiny of these false Christians in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And some of these people actually believe themselves to be truly converted, but they weren't. And countless of them are going to renounce Christ before the end comes some will remain within the professing visible church all the way until the very end. And they'll only be exposed as having been false at the end of the age at the final harvest. Why is that important? Because I get it, man. I get it. I understand when people say, Jeff, what about the dude who served the Lord and was on the mission field and preached and proclaimed, and then he dove off into sin and he got sidetracked with immorality and he, he lost his faith and now he doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. You're telling me that guy gets to heaven? No, but it's not because he had something and lost it. It's because he never had it. He was one of the false believers who went through the motions, did the works, believed with the mind. He was the, the seed that got in the shallow ground, sprouted up for a while, and then the thorns of the cares of life choked him out, proving that he was never really rooted in Christ. So guys, we have to look at the whole of scripture. I'm going to give you this, and then I'm going to come back to it in the next episode. We're going to finish here, and then we're going to start here in the next episode. But the clearest statement in all of Scripture that gives evidence that those who commit apostasy were never truly redeemed, it's found in 1 John 2.19. 1 John 2.19 says this, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. I'm finishing right there. John writes in his letter, and by the way, the book of First John is basically a litmus test for whether a person's truly saved or not. And John says that one of the indications that a person was never of us, he's talking about they, he, they were never really one of us. What is it? Because they went out. They left. They departed. He's talking about false teachers. He's talking about a theological doctrinal departure. In essence, some form of renouncing Christ, some form of apostasy, some form of abandoning the believers. He says the reason why they did that is because they were never one of us, because if they had been one of us, they would have continued with us. But as they went out, it became plain that they were never among us for real. Guys, it doesn't get much clearer than that, that when somebody commits apostasy and abandons the faith and renounces Jesus, it is evidence that they were never, ever born again. That verse alone teaches that so we'll pick back up there on the next episode of mavericks and misfits again as i close if you want a copy of uh, these notes um, i would be happy to send them to you you have to email me jeff at maverickmisfit.com and i will email you a pdf copy of these notes that you can read through them i hope you'll keep listening i hope you'll share this episode i hope that if you disagree you'll really consider it and dive into your bible guys i'm going to be quite quite upfront here I'm not interested in you sending me an email and saying, yeah, but... And then you have no scripture to back it up. And again, I get it. You're going to go to Hebrews 6. And I promise you, we're going to go to Hebrews 6. And I'm going to share with you how we interpret Hebrews 6 in the light of everything else. All I'm doing right here is saying that, hey, if you're just going to hide in Hebrews 6, then what are your answers for all these other passages of scripture? So I'm asking you to do what I'm going to do. I'm asking you to take a look at the whole of scripture, evaluate what you believe, and find out, does this really what the scriptures teach? All right? So we're killing staff status quo approaches to Christianity. We're going to be Berean believers. We're going to follow the word of God and let the Holy Spirit open us up through the teaching of the word. Hallelujah. There is one answer to this question and the scriptures are going to reveal it. And I hope that we will all come into alignment with this truth. We'll talk to you next time on Maverick Seamus Fits.
0: Have you gotten a copy of Jeff's book? His autobiography titled Figuring It Out As I Go shares Jeff's journey from being abandoned to childhood to journeying through the maze of addiction as a teen and young adult, into his supernatural deliverance at the age of 24, and then into the fascinating pilgrimage into the depths of the Holy Spirit. Order your copy today at jefflyle.com or anywhere online where you buy books. You can also hear Jeff narrate the book by ordering an audio copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at audible.com.